We've done all of our stretches. We've gotten our warm-up. There is no off-season in golf, and, and we're, we're going to make sure that we continue to deliver uh, the First Cut podcast with Kyle Porter, as all of you, the loyal listeners, uh, have asked and have pined for it. Kyle, we're back. Welcome back. We're back. We were in the uh, we we're in the throes of the college football season uh, there for a few weeks, but uh, we're going to try to try to bang out a few of these over the rest of the the uh, of 2017 and, and into 2018. There is no off season in golf, so we took our own personal off season. Right. But none of the none of the golfers have had uh, any time off. So uh, yeah, it's it's uh, been a fun start to the 2017 18 PGA Tour season. What did you uh, what what did you work on? You know, was it was it one of those? Uh, was it an off season where we were working on? Let's see, um, we were we were really working on our power fade. What were you working on during your off season? What were you talking to? Uh, mostly my short game. Short so game. like Twitter, I, c- I consider Twitter <laughs> my short game. Um, <laughs> nice. Got I'm, to. I'm really trying to. I'm trying. I don't know if this is a uh, strokes gain deal, but I'm trying to up my. Um, my retweets per tweet so fewer tweets but more retweets on those tweets so um i don't know maybe i'm gonna maybe i'm gonna play like a uh, like a tiger or a rory schedule in 2018 and and not tweet very much but yeah. just see how how well i can do on each of those tweets i say that too and then you know what gets me is like uh like 5 p.m on a saturday you know <laughs> <laughs> or like, or like, I guess like that would be for college football, but it's, it's going to be something else. You know, it'll be, it'll start in March, you know, once, once things start to get yeah. really spicy, you'll be, you'll be in the, in the thick of it, just locked in golf. Twitter will be buzzing and you just, you won't be able to handle it. You're going to have to jump yeah. in. No, that's totally true. That happens. I, I think about like, cause you get so wrapped up in these singular moments that you feel it feels like everyone in the world is watching and really there's like only a couple hundred thousand people watching and a lot fewer that are that are on social media and following along there so um you do get wrapped up in it and like you know i i i think back probably most often to the uh to the open at at uh, burtdale earlier this year and, and and specifically the whole where jordan spieth you know the the famous, or I guess maybe infamous uh, driving range hole. Like y- you get so wrapped up in in wanting to have like the joke or the thing from that hole, and you're just firing stuff off. And it's like <laughs> yeah. I don't I don't know if I should be. You look back and you're like I, I probably probably could have cut out like six of those tweets on that one hole. But uh, yeah, it's it's a Twitter. You know, we complain a lot about it, but I think you and I might have talked about this. It's also helped me become, I think, maybe a better writer, just the, the brevity of it. So I'm disappointed that they've gone to 280 characters. Um, I'm with I'm with Tron from No Line Up. They should have cut it to 70 <laughs> hey. uh, to separate s- separate the men from the boys. Lower scores are better. This is well, this is a golf podcast. We're yeah, not we're, yeah. we're, we're not trying to go go big. We're we're trying to get <laughs> get the most done in uh, as little as possible. All right. Hey, so I wanted to start with this. Is Justin Thomas at the moment the best golfer in the world? Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, he is. And it's it's crazy because, you know, I uh, last, uh, what is it now? Last 53 weeks, I think he's got uh, seven wins, six wins. 
Uh, it's it's insane. I mean, and and you look at his even even the tournaments he's not winning. I mean, he was he was a star at the at the Presidents Cup, obviously. Um, but he's finishing like runner up or T six or solo fourth or, or something like that. It's just, I mean, he has been really incredible, and, and he's he's already nearing double digit wins. He's 24 years old. That that's, I I always think back to our over unders, and I laughed at you for for uh, what well, I think it was 15 and a half, 14 and a half, or, or 15 and a half. Yeah. I mean, he, he's going to reach that by the time he turns 28 at, at, the, <laughs> at the pace we're on. So, uh, um, I as much as I felt like I was on the the proper trajectory with him, um, I think I even underestimated how how good and how dominant he was going to be at, at this young of an age. Five for seven, converting 54 whole leads into his career, uh, including five of his last six. You just mentioned three one-and-one one at the President's Cup. Um, this So our, 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 big, our big three right now, as, as we're sort of projecting forward and starting the new golf season, like the big three is DJ Spieth and JT. And that's not uh, you and I started this podcast in March or April of 2016 of 2017. And Justin Thomas was still back then just, Oh, did you know that he and Jordan Smith are friends? (laughs) Like, so so consider JT's uh, like JT had the, the incredible round at the U S open, like the, the whole, the PGA championship, Dell Technologies, like like this has been in the time of our podcast a total ascension for JT into superstardom. Yeah, it it has been, and and he hasn't done himself any favor. Not that he, I mean, obviously he will take the wins and the money and whatever. But in terms of his popularity and and the way that American casual American fans view him, having three of your wins at like three in the morning in in Asia. <laughs> Is not is not the best formula, you know. You you want to be winning Pebble or the the uh, Riviera or, or you know the Memorial, some somewhere like that. That's like prime golf season in in prime time where where a ton of people are watching. Now again, like he it that doesn't matter in terms of his popularity. But did you see what happened after the uh, the CJ Cup, which he just won? Uh uh-uh. uh. He got asked about he got asked about whether he would try to convince his good friend Jordan Spieth to come to the CJ Cup next year. What did it's he like, say? This guy's, the, this guy's the number three player in the world, and you're still asking him about about Jordan Spieth. I mean, it's it's unbelievable. I can't wait until he's ranked ahead of Jordan Spieth and he gets asked about him. Did you did I he, mean, it's, did he play it's nice? Unreal. What was his answer? He said, I don't care what Jordan does. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yes. It was awesome. Yeah, it we're, was so good. We are real close to this becoming like a full-fledged, borderline, bitter rivalry. <laughs> Seriously. I can't wait for the I can't wait for the first what has the media done to Jordan and Justin's relationship column. That'll be fun. The uh they they would never be able to have a a Phil Tiger rivalry. Because they do have the like, they do, there's there is too much similarity in the path they got there, and the similarity in age is probably the biggest things there. But uh, but man, that's uh, that's that it, we are. You know what we are? We are uh, 
we're one um we're we're like one the two of them competing against each other for a major championship like all maybe they're maybe they like finish Thursday or Friday at the top and then uh JT throws something out in a post round press conference and then they've got to come the next morning to play together after he's said after like he's gotten frustrated and he's thrown a shot at speed and then they've got to go toe to toe with bad blood in the water <laughs> it would be fantastic and it, I feel bad for him because it's like you know it's just so absurd and he has to keep answering these questions and it's just like what are you what are you supposed to say like you can't you almost can't help but but be antagonistic about it and then it, it it's just it's it's such a mess and it's it's almost par- i mean it is parody at this point um yeah man I, I i'm excited about top three dj jordan speed justin thomas um that bodes well for for uh, future U.S. Ryder Cup and Presidents Cup teams, uh, at least right now. You know, it, it it it's so. I mean, you just mentioned it, but so much can change in a year. I've been thinking about. I always think about the Ryder Cup a lot, but I've been thinking about it recently, and it's like, well, I don't know. Ten months from now, you know, DJ might be thirteenth in the world and not not putting well or whatever. Um, so, but but you do have that storyline going into 2018 of, of the top three American or the top three players in the world are all Americans. It's the first time it's happened since, I don't know, 15 years, 20 years. I can't remember the number. Wow. Um, but yeah, it's, it's exciting. I'll look that up real quick. I'll look up the number. All right. So do you think that says more about the strength in the young American golf movement? Or do you think that's also that points to, um, the, the tip the European stars that we have seen at the top of the world rankings, uh, all for their own reasons, you know, whether it's injury, uh, health, aging, slump, whatever, like there's, uh, there's just, there isn't that top three player right now. Well, I, I think by the way, it was 10 years. It wasn't 15 or 20, but still, um, pretty impressive. I think what it points to chip is, and and we we lose sight of this in in the in the middle of it in the moment like we are. Um, Jordan Spieth's a, a historically great player. Yes, I mean he just he just is. And Dustin Johnson's kind of historically great as well. I mean he's gonna he's gonna eventually get to probably twenty five wins, twenty wins. I, I I don't know. He'll he'll end up in in probably the mid twenties, uh, which in this era is is pretty i mean that's pretty awesome like that's really impressive and then justin thomas he's got seven already um and and you're like well i don't i mean where's that gonna end up is he gonna end up with 25 30 i don't i mean this could all change who knows but it it seems like right now if i if i pull back on it if i look at it from thirty thousand feet um and and this i don't know this is usually the case with top three players Although you've seen uh, the Luke Donalds, uh, the Henrik Stensons, guys like that who are really good players historically, but not, especially Stenson, maybe not necessarily Donald, but they're not historically great like DJ Spieth and, and Justin Thomas appear to be. So I think that's a little bit of what's going on right now and um, why you see those guys as, as the top three in the world. Like, uh, it. Didn't Martin Keimer reach number one in the world? Would that be another example? 
Yeah, that's a good example. Uh, although he, d- I, I struggle with him because he does have two majors. Um, but they're so far apart. They feel like they were in different careers. Yeah, yeah. It, it feels like he's had like three careers. Yeah, yeah that's that, true. That's, a, that's another example of what I'm talking about in terms of historically really good, really good player, Martin Keimer, but maybe not historically great like a Spieth, Thomas, uh, and and DJ. So uh, of course the the big wrinkle here is. Uh, you know, Rory McIlroy, historically great player, currently knocked out of the top three. Uh, early, early chance to call your shot. What is your gut? What is your Rory hunch for what we're gonna see from him? Let's let's t- drag it out. Uh, into the pre-masters. Like, is he gonna be playing? I guess that probably a thin. He normally does a thin schedule around this time, right? Yeah, he he normally does, but he said in 2018, I can't remember where he said this, it might have been on the No Line Up podcast, so he's going to play a lot. He's actually going to play Pebble this year. He's going to play, he, he was trying to play a lot last year leading up to the Masters, um, and then obviously he got injured. I, I don't know. I, I'm So I have kind of converging opinions on, on Rory right now. I'm, I'm concerned. I'm honestly concerned about the about the rib thing. Um, he's taking, you know, a month and a half off or whatever from swinging. And then he's got another month and a half before he, he's going to play again. I, I think he's going to make his, his debut at, uh, old, uh, not Dubai. I, I think Abu Dhabi, I think is where he's going to make his debut in, in 2018. Is that but February? I, Early February? Uh, it's middle of January, middle of end January. of January, I think. Um, but I, 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 I'm concerned about the rib. I really am. I, I feel like there's just this sort of, um, uh, pe- people just presume that it's, oh, he'll be fine next year. He'll just rest and it'll be okay. And it's like, well, maybe probably, but what if it's not, mm. then, then, then do you get into a, a lost 2018 as well? Like I, like I, I want for the sport of golf, for him, for you know everyone's sake, for it to be completely healed up. And then my other converging opinion is I feel like he is so self-aware and and so and understands so well like what he needs to work on, what his limitations are, that I feel like he could come out and have a have a monstrous 2018. I know that's a big shocker to everybody, but. Um, he knows that his wedge game was, was not good in 2017. He knows that from, uh, like 125 to 175 yards, he was 190th on tour or whatever, whatever the number was. It was, it was not good. And he's going to work on that. And, and he's, you know, at at one point he, I I went back and looked at his, at his numbers. He, he was a, a pretty good wedge player. I mean, good enough, um, for him that he, he was winning multiple majors in a year and, and wins 10% of the time in his career, which is absurd. So, uh, very, very differing feelings there. And I don't know where, uh, ultimately his, his 2018 is going to land. I, I hope that it's his rib is healed. He works on the wedge game and he is, um, as dominant as we've ever seen him in 2018. He said this on the no Line up podcast too. He said, you know, I'm a better golfer than I was when I was winning four majors. I'm just, I'm more knowledgeable. I'm more mature. And, and that's not a, a, that's not a self-indulging opinion. That is, um, 
that's just common sense. I mean, that's, that's the trajectory of all these professional golfers. You get better over time. You get more knowledgeable. You understand what you can do, what you can't do better. Um, so I, I, I am, I'm excited to see a decade into his career, Rory, that is uh, hopefully hitting on all cylinders in 2018. Is that the trade-off you think for all golfers that as you get the more, you get the more experience, you become uh, more understanding both of the, how to manage your schedule, how to play the courses that you visit every year, but then at the same time, father time being undefeated, you just run more of a risk of having physical ailments along the way. Yeah, I think so. And especially so for guys like Rory and, and JT who swing like they do, you know, uh, Matt Kuchar one time said that, and I've always gone back to this. He said that there's a, he felt like there was a 10 year learning curve on the PJ tour where it takes a full 10 years to understand everything. You know, you, you pick up something in year three, you pick up something in year six. And I, I know that, you know, theoretically you never stop learning, but I've always kind of looked at that 10 year learning curve of like, okay, now you've, you, you understand how everything works. And so for somebody like Rory, I, I don't know, maybe we've already seen his best golf. I hope not. But I think, I think that, um, and he's still young though, right? Like he's still 28. And so he's, it's not like he got to, I don't know, 36 and figured it out. And you're like, Oh, well, you know, we might start, we, maybe we should worry about his back. You know, I, I don't, I think that his injuries have been kind of one-off deals. Um, I mean, literally but, one of them was playing soccer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly. Like one had exactly. nothing to do with the game of golf. So yes, that is a trade-off, certainly, because I think at 42, you know the game even better than you do at 28. And at 42, you do have to worry about your body, as we've seen with Tiger. Um, but I think that he's kind of in that sweet spot of still being able to, to hold on to the physical capabilities and also having a, a, a far more mature understanding of the sport than uh, even even a Justin Thomas, who is a very mature and and good player just because Rory's got, you know, five or six professional years on him. Yeah, but JT's just still uh too too young and it, he's still so young and inexperienced that it's awesome. He doesn't know better yet. It's it's great. <laughs> right? Well, it, yes. Here's the thing with JT. He has he has figured out he is so much more mentally mature in 2017 than he was even in 2015. So he's almost found this sweet spot of not caring, but also understanding his own, um, his own, uh, self better. His mental awareness is so much better hit him, not getting, not letting that anger that, that you see on the course sometimes affect the way he plays as much. So he has, uh, he still has, I think, uh, maturing to do in terms of learning courses and learning travel and like all that stuff that just comes with time. But, uh, he, he's found a real sweet spot of maturing mentally, but still not giving a crap, um, physically. Mm, Leishman went in the water. I think I'm still going for Eagle here. Let's go. That kind of just like tighten it up and let it rip. I don't know if that'll ever leave him. It's great. And that's, that's a theme. I mean, I, I think he said this. I think it was to Golf Digest a few years ago, but it's like those guys. I, I don't want to. I don't want to quote him on this. But it was. It was one of the young players. I think it was him that was like, "We don't really care about finishing. We don't care about making cuts." I think was the quote or so, something like that. It's like if you're not winning, it does. Who cares? So everything is awesome. just 
is just sixth gear, which makes for some insane and 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 crazy golf. And and you see the older guys, they're like, I don't know what to do with this because I've grown up playing against guys that were concerned about making cuts and cared about making it to the weekend. And these guys just they go for everything. And it, it it's it's hard to beat, you know, if you have fifty guys doing that, one of them's gonna be on and it's hard to beat those guys. Uh, you mentioned Tiger earlier, which brings me to uh, to my next thought. So we've got uh, the the Tiger content train. Like he knows what he's doing at this point, right? Like the return of the Stinger was not the Christmas Mac Daddy, but uh, but like I feel like he's building. I his tweets are like building an album title, right? <laughs> like, like when he said "Return of the Stinger," did he think he was doing a like a pun on something? Like, I think it made so sense I, in Tiger's head. I want to see, I, like, did Tiger, like, did his thumb physically press the button on his phone to send that tweet? That's what I'm saying. The way that the comment, the text that goes with these tweets, make me think yes. I know, I agree, and it feel doesn't it feel weird that you're like this dude's the best player in the world, and he's like desperate for attention (laughs) yeah he's like tweeting out videos of himself the way that um i don't know like a web tour player would like i whatever like i don't care if people tweet videos of themselves but it's just it's it's just odd to see him do it i i I don't i I'm, i'm not against it or for it or whatever it's just kind of it feels disjointed to see tiger woods tweet out slow motion videos of of his own swing i I don't i don't really know like what the end game is there oh i i just think it's somebody who's disconnected with the twitter generation like uh (laughs) yeah i mean there are there have been a lot of people uh especially athletes um who have realized of course twitter launched in like 2008 uh, sort of took off big time between 2010 and 2012, 13. And now we've had almost like four years of it being a dominant part of the sports media landscape and really the media landscape in general. And I like you can tell when someone who's just like not super comfortable with it when they jump in, especially if they show up to the party late, like the tweets read weird. It sounds strange. Like I, I imagine it like this. Someone else obviously filmed it. And he was like, oh, nice. Hey, send me that video. I'm going to put it on Twitter. And it's like, at the moment, based on Tiger's understanding of Twitter, that sounds like a really good idea. Not not really fully comprehending the awkwardness of it. And you know what? Maybe most of Tiger's followers don't comprehend the awkwardness of it. Like maybe the response that he's getting uh, or maybe the attention that he gets from it, it's all worth it. Like it is, uh, it, it is for him like part of his connection with fans or part of his marketing plan. I don't know, but it just, it seems like, uh, it seems like the, um, like, how are you young people doing? Like it is the, it is the, (laughs) it is the unhip, uh, it is the unhip older person who's trying to relate when he's like, Oh yeah. Return of the stinger. But the, the, the thing that I don't understand and, and and maybe this is the way that I perceive things. It doesn't feel weird when Rory tweets that video out or when um, Ricky tweets that video out. Like if, if Ricky tweets a video out of himself hitting a slow motion driver uh, in Florida in October, 
just for the hell of it. It doesn't. It doesn't. It feels very um, organic. It feels. It feels very normal. So I, I don't understand why it feels so abnormal for Tiger to do it. Like I, I and I, I maybe maybe that's just because of like the way that we've always perceived him and that he was kind of above all this stuff and and didn't like you said didn't come up in it. But it, it just does it does not feel the same as it would if if that was if that was Ricky, you know. And and uh, I, I think part of it is because like he's only tweeted. I don't know, 700 times, 800 times, something like that. And then it's like, I mean, I, I saw the, the, the quotes at the President's Cup. He said, well, just hitting 60-yard shots, no timetable. And then in four consecutive weeks, we have all these videos that he's dropping. And it's like, well, what's the message here? I, I don't understand what is going on. It, it just it, – there's not a – and maybe that's it. Like with Ricky, there's a linear message on social media. With with Rory, with Spieth, there are linear messages on social media. And with him, it's just like, just all these like swing bombs that you're like, I don't know what to do with this. It's also uh, a little bit of a disconnect to have so such a casual, fun, laid back social media presence when we still saw that dash cam footage within the last six months. Yeah. Like there's not many yeah. people who get caught up uh and then continue to go about their life being like, "No, no, no. Let me show you more behind the scenes." Right. And it's almost like you, he's never let you in to that part of his life before. Right. And it, and in fact actively push people away from it. And so it's just like why are why are you letting us in now? Is this Steven you know? he's he's uh, it's Steven Seagal trying to make new movies? Like it's <laughs> washed up or it's uh it's poison still going on tour and trying like, to sell I, tickets and maybe that's it right like maybe i just want like maybe i the version of tiger i have in my head i just want him to show up at the, at the 18 masters and play i just just tee it up like i don't need the i mean the the, the videos are are good content or fun or whatever but to me, that's not that's not that's never been his deal. Like his deal is show up, play, beat people, take a trophy, go home. Now, is that going to happen? Now, no, it's not. He's not he's not good at golf anymore. But I guess that's still the the version of Tiger that I imagine him to be in my head, and and so maybe that's why I have a difficult time reconciling his new social media presence with that old Tiger. All right, that's perfect. I think that's it. That's because uh, he's not. Uh, the headliner show up, get your business done and get out. He is absolutely begging for you to come see him at the hard rock casino and resort. Like, yeah. And, and it's like, like, I don't want, we, we all joke about how great Phil would be on Twitter. Guess what? I don't want Phil on Twitter. I want, I don't, I don't want to see what Phil would tweet. I want to imagine what I think Phil would tweet because that's way better than the actual product. I want a Phil parody you know? account before I want Phil. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And so it, it's just, um, yeah, it, it, it feels, it just doesn't feel as good as uh, you would imagine that it would going into it. Uh, out in Shanghai, we've got the HSBC champions. Um, this is the first World Golf Classic event of the 17-18 season because, hey, this is, all right, so... Uh, where in the WGC events does the HSBC fall? Because, like, how do you consider that when you start to lay out 
uh, the golf season? Yeah, that's a good question. I, I'm not in love with any of the WGCs. Um, I don't like match play very much. I, I do like the Mexico. I thought that was really fun last year. Don't love Bridgestone. And then this is just weird because it's like, oh, uh, Washington, State, Washington State Stanford just ended. I guess I better watch Hideki <laughs> play the back nine at, you know, in Shanghai. Yeah. Um, so I, I would say. Is that, is that would, this weekend? Because I was going to say the Pac-12 after dark game that has uh, some real – some real tasty intrigue is USC at Arizona State, ten forty-five Eastern Time kickoff. Yeah, there you go. Stanford. Uh, now Stanford plays on Thursday. Washington State, Arizona mm. this weekend. Word. Uh, like okay, because so, the H- um, all right HSBC. I feel like it just comes up. Like whoever wins it, it just comes up as a footnote later in the year when we're previewing other tournaments. Yes, totally. A, Russell a, Knox wanted a couple years ago. It's a I was like, line wait. item. Russell Knox. Yeah, I, I was like, Russell Knox won this? <laughs> I mean, you, you just don't... I mean, it's not a... And the, and this is true of all fall events, so it's just... I think it's just weird that it's part of the fall series because when I think of the fall series, I think... Or whatever it's called. I, I don't know what it's called. Uh, I think of um, Sea Island and Napa and... You know, Mayakoba, the 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 Mexico tournament. I don't think of of you know top eighty players in the world in China. Like that's just, it's just it's bizarre. And then you've got the overlap with the end of the European tour schedule. It's it's such a mess. Like I, I feel like we don't even appreciate what a mess all the world, uh, you know, all the different tours are and and converging uh, in China this week. But I don't know. Somebody will win it. Hideki and DJ have won five WGC events in a row. Uh, one of them has won each of the last five. So uh, I don't know. I guess we'll see if, if uh, they can make it six in a row this week. Who do you have as uh, as your pick to win? I'm, gonna, I'm uh, coming in. This is me like running a uh, – this is Alabama running a pass play on fourth and one. <laughs> um, needing, needing a yard. Just completely out of <laughs> – unexpected – uh, just praying that it works. Uh, I've got Ross Fisher winning this. What? Week. Yeah, I don't feel great about it. <laughs> what? Wasn't it? Isn't he? Uh, shouldn't he be on the European tour? He, well, he is. He is, and and this is part of the European tour uh, end of end of year schedule. Uh, he's finished second. So this is a begin- last- hold on. This is a beginning of the PGA tour schedule. End of the European tour schedule. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Like I said, it's a it's a mess. But uh, he's got top, he's he's got runner up finishes each of his last two European events, and he's finished in the top seven each of the last two years at this tournament. All right. So I mean, a lot of a uh, lot of trending going on in Ross Fisher's world. All right. So where do do you think that DJ and Hideki still play well? Yeah, I've got Hideki as my top ten. Uh, Hideki quietly ended the last season on the PGA tour just in abominable fashion. I mean, it was disgusting. It was slow. Then, it was a, it was a slow and shameful slide at the end yeah, of the way. The pl- the playoff after Bridgestone, it was just, it was gross, but, um, or maybe after PGA championship, I think he played well there, but, 
Yeah, I've got Hideki finishing top ten. He finished fifth, I believe, at at uh, in Malaysia. So hopefully he's hit the reset button. He's the defending champ, and I think he'll uh, I think he'll play well this week. What about uh, you? Always got a sleeper. Who do you have? Who was my sleeper? I got to go. Back. Oh, uh, Patrick Cantlay. Oh yeah, yeah. your boy. Yeah. Shout out to one. Shout out to Sean Martin, as always, when Patrick Cantlay gets mentioned. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm all in on Patrick Cantlay. I think he could be on the Ryder Cup team. How about that? Wow. Wow. I'm I'm one hundred percent in. and he's forty to one. I feel like that was a pretty good number. Nice. The uh so we'll see. Should be fun. Um is it What's all right? So the rounds are going to start at all odd hours. This is it going to be on Golf Channel? Yeah, it's on Golf Channel. the The rounds start at eight fifty p.m. Eastern. Is that right? I don't know. I think it's I think it's eight. No, it's it's uh, ten fifty p.m. Eastern on Wednesday night. And then <laughs> and then it's on from like. 11 to 4 a.m. or something just the just the worst hours <laughs> i mean just i don't know maybe my kids will be sick and i'll be up anyway no, but. no 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 let's 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 just tape delay this it's okay <laughs> we're just hey and we got to get our sleep man we got to we got to get our sleep you can get it get whatever you need but this is a this this really seems like a dvr special for anybody yeah, I, it might be this this might be why i didn't remember russell knox winning the hsbc champions yeah Go Ross Fisher. Here we go. Let's fourth and <laughs> fourth and one. We're running a flea flicker. Ross yeah. Fisher getting it in. Yeah. Exactly. Oh man, that's awesome. He is Kyle Porter. You can follow him at Kyle Porter CBS. You can follow me at Chip underscore Patterson. We're going to continue to check in with First Cut podcasts uh, here throughout the fall season. So make sure that you subscribe so that subscribers get them first. Kyle, thank you very much. Absolutely, Chip. We'll talk to you later.